Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in the public sector. Here's your host, David Pembroke. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to In Transition, the podcast that examines the practice of content marketing in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke, and I'm delighted that you've decided to give me just a small slice of your week once again as we go through interviewing and talking to some of the most interesting people in content marketing and content anywhere in the world. Great guest today, so stay tuned for this. This will be a great chat. But as we do each week, we begin with a definition of just precisely what content marketing is as it relates to government and the public sector. So content marketing is a strategic, measurable and accountable business process that relies on the creation, curation and distribution of useful, relevant and consistent content. The purpose is to engage and inform a specific audience in order to achieve an identified citizen or stakeholder action. So that's it. That's what we're talking about. And that's why we're here today. Now, if that doesn't interest you, it might be time to find another podcast. But to our guest today, James Klimt is the Senior Digital Media Officer for the Queensland Police Service. James created and maintains the largest police Facebook page in the English speaking world. He grew this Facebook page to three quarters of a million likes in a state with a population of just four and a half million people. James has received many awards for his leadership in social media by the state government, the federal government and other independent sources. He's also led award-winning projects for police blogs and a real-time emergency management website for the state of Queensland. So very accomplished. And James, thanks so much for giving us some of your time today to join us in Transition. Thanks for having me. James, let's just sort of wind the clock back to understand who is James Klempt and and how is it that you've arrived at the Queensland Police? Um, Through a very strange and and mysterious and and not direct path. So I end, well, I was an analyst at at some point and they, they almost ran out of things for me to do. And at, uh, at one stage, I think the sentence was, you know something about this social media stuff. Um, how about you write a paper on what Queensland police could do with social media? And um, I did that and it got a bit more uh, intense and involved than I thought it would at first and um, had all sorts of ideas and scurried them down into a, uh, into a paper and a PowerPoint presentation and went and talked to the the people at the police media department and they got very excited and the, the director then at the time, Kim Charlton, got very excited about it. Um, she was wanting to move the agency to move into this social media space but didn't have the sort of the technical sort of background or the policy background to make that happen. And so when we got together, um, we, could, we could make things happen. It's really interesting that you you say that and and maybe we'll just go off on this tangent to start with. I normally takes me one or two questions to find something <laughs> to sort of go off on a tangent. But interestingly, I think it might have been well, it's been in the last couple of weeks in, anyway. But in San Francisco, there's a, a transport system called the BART, the, the Bay Area yes. Rapid Transit. Do you know about it? 
I know exactly what you're talking about. And you know, you know the story that I'm talking the about. Story, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, so there was this story. There were problems, and um, the young man—I can't remember his name just off the top of my head—but he got a hold of the Twitter handle and he started responding to people. But the point that was being made in the podcast I was listening to the other day, which I think it was for immediate release, um, uh, Shell Holtz runs a, a great podcast there. But the point of discussion in that podcast was that it was not his expertise in social media, it was his expertise of the topic and his ability to be able to talk to people about the topic that led to the powerful engagement because it wasn't, this person didn't have particularly great social media skills but at the time, but what he did have was a great understanding of the context. And so you're saying that your pathway to this influential position you have in the Queensland Police is exactly that, that you are an expert before you were a social media practitioner? Oh, absolutely. I think um, I always sort of say that social media is, is Lego blocks and I'm, I don't really consider myself, I'm not one of those sort of um, self-promoting sort of social media butterfly type people at all. It's, it's a series of tools. You have a bunch of objectives you need to achieve and, and it's a series of tools that, that you can apply in different ways to make that happen. And I think the... The great thing in the Bard example was that, yeah, he, he knew his, his subject matter really well and he talked to people in a, really, um, in a really sincere and a really engaging way that they hadn't sort of been used to. It was sort of governments quite often say, you know, um, your call is important to us and everything's always sunny here and everyone's always happy. But, but um, he cut through all of that with, with genuinely, genuine messages about what was really happening that that absolutely exploded and and you saw the sort of um, reaction that got all over the world. It was and I mean I think he was only he's only been in his job for a year, and and he was sort of saying that this this is the dialogue that we have internally in the office all the time, and so it's it's more important for us to be honest with you than than anything else. And and the results speak for themselves. I think. Yeah. So listen, what was in that paper? that got people so excited within the Queensland police force? What did you... What, what is what, that? What, what, <laughs> what's the magic? Where is it? What, what is that magic <laughs> secret sauce that you just add the water and it all just pops up instantly and works? Um, look, it's a range of different things. Um, okay, we've got plenty of time. Let's go through them yeah. one by one because I think this is really going to be the essence and the value that comes out. It was a long time ago now. Let me, <laughs> let me cast my mind back. Look, it was... Looking at the bigger picture and and looking at, and particularly um, in relation to police, I actually did a lot of sort of research about um, different agencies in similar situations around the world and, and found a, a bunch of great stuff in the US. And um, I always sort of say that the police and military are sort of at the pointy end of society and, and a lot of other agencies... Um, police and the military are much more progressive in a lot of ways. In some ways, they're much more conservative, but in, in, in a lot of ways, they're much more uh, progressive than most agencies because they have to deal with situations where lives are literally on the line and and sometimes they have to just um, they have to cut through and just say, we, we, don't, we can't spend six months thinking about the policy to this. We just need to do this now. And um, certainly the US military had plenty of examples of, um, say, 9-11 and the war in Iraq and, 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 and issues like that where they, 
they basically realized they did themselves an incredible disservice by not um, by not um, participating in social media and that they were letting everyone else have this conversation about them without them participating in it whatsoever and and also that like that you you can't just you can't be a little bit pregnant with social media you you and i mean i i think a lot of government agencies absolutely try to be they they try and they, they're in that space but they don't fully embrace it they don't that that social aspect of it and and that engagement aspect of it that's so critical to to getting the mindset of the um of your audience um and and so we looked at that and we we sort of said look there are risks around social media but these benefits we get out of it are actually much more sort of um much more important than the risks of getting it wrong and if we approach it in the right way and do it in a small sort of scale way at first and let it grow organically which is exactly what we've always done um these really significant risks we can mitigate. And, I mean, the U.S. military had all sorts of conspiracy theories about, you know, 9-11 and, and their motivations and what they were doing. And and they realised that 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 became the, the, the public dialogue and, and there was lots about how that the nature of the, the mainstream media was changing and the, and the way that audiences deal with the media and that um, that... You know, there was the awareness back then, and this is, I'm, I'm reading this in, in 2010 sort of thing, that the media are starting to look at social media and just report what's happening on social media as news, which is then feeding back into social media. And, and if you get your conspiracy theorists being loud enough for long enough, they'll start reporting on that stuff. And again, if you're outside of that conversation, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't influence that that discussion at all and then there was a whole bunch of um the the gov2 um um report had just come out um and there was a lot of noise being made by government at the time saying we want agencies to do this we desperately want agencies to engage and um then looking at um lots of different instances when different technologies sort of have been introduced. I, I often talk about, um, you know, the introduction of telephones into business and to and to government agencies, and how telephones were the most terrifying things in the mm. world, and they were going to destroy everything, and they had to be locked down. And officers had would have a telephone, and it was literally under lock and key, and and you had to write in a little book if you wanted to. You had to book in your phone call and who it was going to be with, and what you were going to talk about, and for how long, and everything like that, because people might just start you know, telling government secrets on the phone and we won't have any control of it. Um, looking at those, sort of bundling all of those arguments up and, and, and lots of different things about agencies that had gotten into huge amounts of trouble on social media um, because they didn't have a voice. And there's, a, there's a, just that idea that there's a vacuum there and if you don't fill it, someone else is going to. And, um, and then there's all, all the stuff, of course, about sort of emergency management and all this, which was critical to what we were doing. All of that stuff bundled into there sort of would say, and the idea is that this is a progressive moving, you know, entity and it's not going to be, this is not where we're at now, isn't going to be where we're at in, say, five years' time. And all of that just made an incredibly convincing sort of argument that we really need to do this and we need to do it properly. So, so 
Yeah, okay. Yep. Well, so, that, that sounds com- compelling. But d- did it ultimately, and this is a, maybe a weird question, but was it five pages, 10 pages, 20 pages? You know, what sort of scale was it? It, it wasn't a huge. It was, it was simply something I did, you know, myself. I think it ended up being about 40 pages, but lots of that was pictures. <laughs> you know, there was lots of, there's lots of screenshots. Just fill it up with pictures, Jamie. Yeah, there's lots of screenshots of yeah, okay. look at this yeah. and, and look at this because you have to... And I find that quite often with our social, you can sort of talk about it, but um, but as soon as people actually see it and, and and see that sort of interaction, those sorts of things, that they really get the implications of it because it's that you're engaging people on that human level and sometimes you can be very sort of academic about it and it all makes sense. But um, when you actually see those things happen, then then it, it changes things in people's minds. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big uh, picture person. Now, again... You joined in 2010 and obviously you were in a position to start to convince uh, and consult and, and to get this in, into place and you obviously got yourself started and up and running. What what time uh, after you started were you able to sort of get your team together to start moving? Because I'm, I'm leading towards the, the next question because I, 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 I think you know what's coming next. Well, we... Media departments are very um, unusual beasts and very reactive and very unlike um, a lot of other government, a lot of other sections in government and particularly, again, particularly police media and and military media and things like that. So things actually happened really, really quickly. Um, There was was a couple of months of sort of realignment and and, and figuring out how things were going to work, but a position was created um, that that I got and and went in and and really started running um, pretty quickly. We like we always tell people and they sort of recoil in terror that you know we launched our Facebook page and we didn't actually have a policy, which <laughs> which uh, government people <laughs> some shriek, some draw in breath very quickly and and their eyes widen and and these sorts of things. But again, we realised that. If we were going to write a policy, we'd be sitting around for six months um, figuring it out. So we did a completely soft launch. We've never actually officially launched our Facebook page. We've never sort of advertised the fact that it's there or anything like that. It was all completely organic growth from day one. And a very big part of our sort of strategy is this iterative development. So we just put things out there and see what happens and, 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 and very, very cautiously um, um, approach any sort, of, any sort of content that we're doing at all. Of course, as time has gone on, we've become more comfortable in our skins and understand sort of who we are and what we're doing, but enormously cautious approach at first, even though I'm saying, yes, we launched it without a policy, but that was a an absolutely deliberate decision. That's not a, um, it's not a cowboy sort of choice of like, yeah, we'll just do it and it'll be fine. We, we, we very much realized that to make it work, we were going to have to do that. And, and to say that the six months after we launched the, um, 2011 floods happened in, in Queensland. And had we, spent that six months writing policy, we wouldn't have been there for that. Now, that is exactly where I was going to land because I think certainly in Australia, um, 
massively traumatic, um, certainly for all of Australia and most particularly for, for Queensland. But I think we sort of watched collectively, I think, watch this unfold. And this is where the really the reputation of the, the Queensland Police and Emergency Services and yourselves have been made because you did such a brilliant job in being able to use technology and use these new platforms to be able to communicate. So I'd really love to hear that story from 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 the beginning, you know, from really what time where were you, what time of the day, what sort of resourcing was in place and 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 tell me the whole story. Yeah, well it's um it's it's kind of interesting and it was a it was an I'm I'm doing air quotes right now. It was an interesting disaster. Yeah. Um <laughs> Um, in that it was actually quite slow moving at first because yeah. the um, um, it flooded in sort of central Queensland. Uh, I wouldn't say minor flooding, but not not nearly as severe as what came later on for about two weeks prior to that. So it was an interesting sort of scaling up, and and that was uh, looking back at that. That was one of the particularly interesting sort of um, aspects to it was this validation of the model that we had been using, this very reactive sort of approach that we've been taking and and this pushing of the different boundaries. So we'd set up um, we'd set up a Skype number so that if, uh, you know, if there was a situation and, and a, uh, something had happened in North Queensland or something like that and a police officer could call us in and we could record that call and then um, put that out as part of the media release so that radio could, you know, radio stations could get that. They wouldn't have to ring us and um, and um, organise an interview and everything like that. We had the content there for them already and that that's great. Mm-hmm. And then I was I was sort of playing around with a, um, a laptop and, a, and a, a video camera and plugging them in and, and figuring out this live stream business and, and getting it so I could have a laptop and a 3G modem and a camera and we could go different places and stream live video from there. And there was all of these different little aspects to what was going on that we were constantly trying, not in a, in a um, we weren't, again, writing, we weren't writing 20 pages of documentation about each thing. We were just trying it and seeing what worked and what didn't work. And and, and the the same with the content that we were delivering, the how how we would approach the, these sorts of issues or these sorts of issues and how we were managing our community and all those sorts of things, all those skills that we picked up um, over the six months leading into that. And so really when things started to happen, it was just those same things. We were still pedalling the same bike. Was We just had to start pedalling faster and faster. And for those two weeks it was sort of, I think it was the day after Boxing Day and I got a an SMS from the boss saying, uh, that, you know, there, there are storms in in, um, in North Queensland. Is it possible for you to come in and stream one of these? We're going to do a media conference about it. And it was like, oh, I, you know, it was, it was Christmas holidays and everything like that. But, of course, you just come in and, and do that thing sort of straight away. This is two weeks after I'd actually, we'd actually figured out how to do this live streaming from the laptop and all those sorts of things. And then... Um, that was all. Then all of a sudden, there were daily, you know, um, media conferences, and we're going and doing that, and we're getting information is coming in to the the team at a at a much higher rate than it normally would. And but the team was very much this the um, 
so when I say team, I, it's not actually my team. It's the media team that was there before I was there doing normal mainstream media um, work. But they were adding on. They'd, they'd send off their media release, but we'd add on and let's just post it on Facebook as well and let's just look at the comments on Facebook and make sure that's all happening as well. So that was all just stepping up that sort of level of involvement. And then on um, January 10, the big floods hit in the Darling Downs and, you know, um, there was terrible video of cars bobbling down the street yeah. in, in Toowoomba and these sorts of things. And then sort of that night I got another message from the boss saying there's a there's a media conference um, at, at um, 8.30 or something like that. Um, tonight, can you get to Kedron, which, and it was sort of about um, eight o'clock or, or something like that at that point. Can you get to Kedron to live stream that? So we race down and live stream that. And that was the, the Premier and the Commissioner saying, we've figured out that this water is actually coming for Brisbane. And then that next day was just an amazing day because the, um, I think we, um, I think we made a hundred and, I think it's 144 Facebook posts in that single day. Um, and it was just the information that was coming into police media and we were putting that straight out um, back to the public. Um, we were doing, they would do, um, um, the Premier would do a, a um, media conference every three hours and we were streaming that. Um, we were also getting briefed constantly and, and we'd have, um, um, Kim would actually sit in with the Premier as she was getting briefed and um, tweet, you know, information that the Premier was receiving at the time and we'd always sort of um, talk about later on how she would she would tweet something and, um, of course, it was rolling 24-7 coverage on all the networks and they could see the TV screens of all the networks around in, in, the, in the office and she would tweet something and then like two minutes later her tweets would appear scrolling across the bottom of... Seven News, Nine News, Ten News, ABC, the whole lot complete, we always say complete with the typos and complete with the hashtags and everything <laughs> like that. Um, there was, it was just a, a dramatic scaling up of what this reactive model that we'd taken and as, as few sort of links in the chain as possible and we sort of, um, if an officer on the scene was reporting uh, a non-controversial thing. So in, in, in business as usual time, a, a tree's fallen over on a road and the road's blocked and it's going to be blocked for a couple of hours or something like that. An officer can ring our comms and tell them that and we don't need any further sort of um, a media officer doesn't need any further approval to post something that on our social media. That's a non-controversial issue that the competent people in our organisation are reporting. If it was a, a much more, or a slightly more significant issue or a much more significant issue, they would get pushed up the chain. But we sort of, um, the, the media staff have this responsibility and, and this trust that, that they understand our model and understand the way it works and, and, can, and can be the filter for that. So they would just post if this area is getting flooded or there were supplies here or they've running out of something here, that would all go on our social media. And um, it just worked incredibly well. We spent those first six months building up to 8,000 likes on our page and then um, the two weeks of the floods, we were, we were always very keen on 
getting to 10,000 and what message we were going to put up there. And then in the two weeks leading up to the floods, in the two weeks of the floods in North Queensland, we jumped from 8,000 to 18,000 and the 10,000 just whizzed past, you know, in a, in a blur. And then... Um, so that and then that day, the, the day that everyone realised the water was coming for Brisbane, it, it went from 18,000 to 100,000 in a single day, which was, it was a very, very surreal day of terrible things happening but like, a, oh, my God, this stuff that we're doing, this, this stuff that sort of some of which I'd written down in that, in that document that six months ago. Yeah. Was actually living and yeah. living and breathing and working, and it was a remarkable. It's remarkable to think. I don't. I don't think I wrote anything, you know, amazing in in that document or anything like that. It was all sort of common sense, and that if you use social media for this and do this and this and this, this should work. But still, at the same time, actually seeing it work was was just an incredible experience. So, so when you consider the pressure and the stress and the volume and the velocity of this whole incident, obviously there was a high degree of trust and skill that, you know, within the team. But when you reflect back now, what were the other components that really helped to hold this show together as it was put under such duress? I think it was... I think it was the strength of the model. Um, um, it really and and terrific people and and people who were really engaged with the idea and and loved the idea and made, wanted to make the idea work. You know, I think government in particular is very good at drawing up um, plans for how things should work and 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 here's our policy and here's the way it's going to work, but. Without that human, it, it's a bit like social media itself. Without that human spark in there, and and that that camaraderie in the team, and that spirit in the team that really fueled that, that that people under you know the people in the team understood what we were trying to do, what we're all trying to do together, and had that energy and and that spark to make that happen. It was absolutely critical. I I wish it could just be a a just add water thing. Yeah. But um, you 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 need to. It's that and, and it's, you need to have those different aspects in line. It's that and understanding, sort of understanding the technology but understanding who you are and what you're trying to do with this stuff. It, it, quite often after all of this happened, we, lots of people would come to us and say, oh, yes, our department wants to have social media now. We don't actually know what we're going to do with it or anything like that. They yeah. just want to have social media. And it was, you know, we had clear ideas on what we were trying to do with it. And 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 what the technology was, and and this this culture of experimentation of it, and also this culture of excitement about it. Yeah, I, look, I think this is absolutely key because I think a lot of planning that's done in government uh, and the public sector is that traditional waterfall. Um, design Absolutely. where, you know, laden with assumptions and we'll, you know, we assume, we assume, we assume and we wait till, okay, here's our plan, let's do it. Whereas obviously what you're, what you have done is that agile, uh, let's test and learn, let's get to a point, let's launch it, let's see how it performs. If it does, if it doesn't, whatever, test and learn, take the learnings. Because I think this is the key thing now around publishing is that we all now, perpetually live in this test and learn environment what works today may not necessarily be working in a week's time because of whatever 
um, you know, behaviours might have changed within the community, interests may have changed, channels may have emerged. So I think there's only one way these days, and that really is to get into that mindset of being able to understand what you're trying to do, you know, make your best guesses as you can along the way, but get to implementation as fast as you possibly can. Uh, absolutely. And, and, then, you know, and then, then see what happens from there. That's absolutely it. There, there are some fundamental things about our Facebook page that we've, that we've always done that we're really challenging right now and we're looking at changing our approach really significantly to our Facebook page just because things have changed Yeah, and, and, and you have to be reactive to it. And I know that like there were so many things that happened in those days that, that you know, we talked about many times afterwards and knew absolutely that there would be no way on earth that if we were sitting in an office somewhere six months prior trying to guess what might happen and, and what the implications yeah, would be. We, exactly. We wouldn't be anywhere near it. You know, I always, yeah. I, I love the story about the, um, the, um, the, there was a little old lady in North Queensland who got cut off in the floods from everything except a landline phone. And she had no communication with the outside world aside from that. And she would ring her daughter who was in Brussels and her daughter would look at our Facebook page and tell her what was going on, you know. And how, how, how as, a, as a policy person, could you imagine that, you know, as a policy person in 2010, you know, how could you imagine that? that, that and we, there were hundreds of scenarios like that. Police were told, police on duty were told that if your communications go down, just look at the Facebook page. You know, we had no idea that was going on. ABC Radio just read out our tweets whenever we tweeted. We had no idea that was going on. Yeah. There's, there's, the, the rules were completely, completely different and the rules change all the time. And if you think you can treat it as a, as a standard government process, then you, I'm sure you'll tick lots of compliance boxes, but I, whether you'll actually do this, this stuff well, I think is a different matter altogether. Yeah. Hey, listen, okay, so just a quick one before we go. I, just a final question about, you know, obviously wonderful experience. Um, you've learned a lot, but you say now that it's, you, you know, you're going to change. And I imagine it's not just your Facebook page. You're obviously, you know, doing streaming, you're doing, I imagine, all sorts of different content. So what are, you, what are the changes that you're seeing that are going to help you th to be successful today and say for the next three to six months? What are some of the, the things that you've seen and then what are you doing to make the most of those changes that you've, you've seen through your experimentation? It's, it's really interesting. The thing that I think is really, and, and, and we don't know um, what we're <laughs> going to actually do, but the, I think the thing that's really interesting at the moment is, um, is Facebook Live. Yep. I think um, Facebook, incorporating live streaming into Facebook itself and, and being able to notify this audience, you know, that something's happening this audience that's already signed into this service, you know, it's not like a, a separate proprietary streaming service where you'd have to create an account. We can send alerts to people that we're, that we're streaming something live, but they have to create an account for this service. They're not using any other time or anything like that. But the ubiquity of Facebook and, and the, um, the ability to do that on the fly there is, is incredibly interesting. Um, and and will possibly change things a huge amount, and we may well move our streaming to that when it 
when it's uh, it's fully robust sort of platform that can that can do some of the other things we need it to do, which it will do. Um, look, I think that's a really interesting opportunity for for lots of different agencies to do things. How we're going to? Oh, yeah, mm. I wish I wish I knew. We'll um, we'll we'll poke it lots, and we'll find out what works and what doesn't. James, thank you so much uh, for telling us some stories and to share that you know wonderful story about the success that you've had there in Queensland. It really um, is, is a world leader, acknowledged as such, and I think you've really given us that insight there that you know this notion of simplicity, testing and learning. I think we all live in this ongoing science experiment now, and we all need to take that attitude towards our content that. You know, let's see if it works. Let's test it. Let's have a look. Let's have a look at the results, and then let's move forward from there. But let's also, you know, adapt, adjust, and and uh, and move forward from there to deliver those outstanding results to the audiences that are seeking uh, information, education, and entertainment from us. So, James, thanks again. Much appreciated for spending some time with us today, and to you, audience, thank you once again for coming back this week, and we will speak to you again next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to In Transition, the program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in the public sector. For more, visit us at contentgroup.com.au.